Everything's off the record. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say, Ali, welcome to get me off this rock. <laughs> I'm your Yay. host, Ryan Dent. Yeah. Fantastic. And uh, I'm very excited to have I'm very excited to have you on the pod. And I know that we're gonna just keep it super cash. We're gonna just let it flow as we tend to. And um, one of the, but, but we have a kind of basic idea about what we'd like to talk about. And you raised a really interesting kind of topic idea the other day. You said it came to you at 4 a.m. Uh, <laughs> social media slash Instagram addiction and your desire to do full detox, the culture of Instagram and surveillance capitalism and how much money co- these companies are making, basically right? Yes, would love to be on the pod to talk about this. Happy to be here. Thank you. So what, why did, why did it come to you at 4am the other day? Were you up like scrolling Instagram at 4am, unfortunately? Great question. So I think, <laughs> no, I wasn't. Um, I just want to start off by letting, letting everyone know that, um, a headline from Business Insider that Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, and other billionaires made more than $360 billion during the pandemic. So I just want to like leave it, let us live in that for a little because you said she's like, right. I, she's like, I just want to let everybody know they can follow me on Instagram at, at <laughs> first things first, let's get the follower count up. Yeah, we got it. You know, I'm, I'm a slave to the algorithm. Um, that's actually I what I want to talk about. We all are. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, it's it's really disturbing, honestly. But you asked, um, was I up at four a.m. on Instagram doom scrolling? I was not. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think I've been thinking a lot about the metaverse and our sort of mm-hmm. uh, like wanting to get deeper and deeper into, you know, out of our physical lives and out of the natural world. And so yeah. I think. I've been figuring out what do I want to talk to you about, you know, (laughs) and I think what feels most relevant to me and what I sort of suffer with or live with every day is like feeling like I'm comparing myself to everything outside of me through, you know, the platform of Instagram currently. Right. (laughs) No, it's unfortunately, it's all too relatable. I feel like everybody, especially in our age range has just, Everybody got funneled into Instagram. You know, Facebook was obviously so passe by the time we were basically adults that nobody wanted to really mess with Facebook. And, um, you know, Instagram became kind of the default. And I, I hate it, honestly. I'm so sick of it. I'm ready to I'm ready to move on to TikTok just to, just to freshen <laughs> things up, you know? Oh, but TikTok. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, no, it, it, it's like, the metaverse situation is also very strange to me. I was, I was thinking to myself earlier today, I was grabbing some lunch and I was like, um, I don't have any interest in the metaverse. And normally I'd say I'm pretty interested in new technologies just generally, mm-hmm. but I, but I'm really, I know that eventually it'll probably be the, it'll be a big deal, but I just don't care. And um, yeah. I think we've reached such a saturation point already in so many ways in terms of how much time we are, basically required to spend in the digital world you know on a day-to-day hour-to-hour basis so it feels like based on what you said about your day-to-day you completely rejected that 
yeah. by yeah which is cool because you need to kind of re you basically do need to reclaim your own right to not be always online you know um in today's world and one thing that i was thinking about also is that recently in france for example they made it illegal for employers to contact employees outside of work hours like they're not expected mm. to answer emails or you know or the phone or anything like that and you can actually get fined or sued if you try to do that which i feel like is um you know it's a good step but ultimately the question kind of comes back to and you you alluded to this a minute ago why does everybody want to why does it why do people want to escape their lives so much is the mm. kind of question right why is the yeah. metaverse even appealing why is the metaverse even a feeling you said what did you appealing say? why would it why appealing. would it be appealing yeah right. yeah that's interesting that you bring up uh this i guess you're saying it's a law that the french government implemented because what it makes me think about is how um entitled we are to our sense of our, our perceived sense of freedom as americans mm -hmm. so we mm -hmm. wouldn't even allow the government to do something like that even though we probably would agree that that's actually something healthy for our work lives um because we're so entitled to like everyone has a sense of like their own experience and their own freedom mm -hmm. and um i feel like i'm i'm not being so specific but i just think it, it reminds me of like our entitled sense of freedom as americans and this this like obsession that we have with being free but actually yeah. we're not <laughs> I, I think a lot of that is unfortunately people like have a, a mentality that's based on work always being such a big deal i guess and it sounds kind of in some ways silly to say it like that because well, it's our I, worth it's our value here. right exactly exactly and so and especially in the u.s i feel like we're brought up in this you know environment where that is so much more true than all of our at least western counterparts and even mm -hmm. even other countries that are not as wealthy they prioritize other elements of life so it's like you can actually have more of a balanced existence and right. i i mean i experienced this as well just while traveling the last many years yeah. it really feels like in other places that people now granted okay it feels like people in general they they value things outside of work more and they're able to they're able to spend more time and effort on those things like their family and, and like they can uh, be public about that like that can be that's embraced by the culture right right you're not in you're not ashamed of it or you don't have to right. like explain your way out of it yeah. yeah yeah it's always upsetting to me it's always upsetting to me when people try like have feel like they have to justify themselves whenever like if you yeah. if you go out with somebody and they and they order dessert and then like when they order dessert they immediately start talking about the last time they went to the gym or like yeah, how much they've yeah, been yeah. working out lately it's like yeah. so upsetting i i almost i always want to like fast forward through that you know what i mean or, or yeah. just tell them like you don't but I don't want to say you don't need to say that because then it becomes a bigger deal. And in a similar way, I feel like in the US, people are so addicted or tied to this idea or brought up in this idea that you're supposed to be working super hard all the time. And you're supposed to be, you know, fulfilling, uh, pursuing your career and like making money and whatever, because mm -hmm. that's the that's the energy that we are surrounded by and, and that is, is perceived to be the norm. Um, whereas I feel like yeah. if you did that in a lot of other places, they, they'd look at you like, strangely you know yeah there needs to be like this tangible outcome of something like we can't just sit and enjoy each other's company like i did today 
and like watch right. the sun because it's not lending itself to like a productive outcome oriented thing right. you know well it actually the outcome is that i feel like a happier more fulfilled person but does that make me yes but ali them? how do you but out but ali how how do you quantify that <laughs> right exactly i'm like where are the dollar signs in that right um, how dare you so i guess it's my personality <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah but uh, i don't know well it's crazy because in some ways it makes it so that even the most basic reclamations of your ba- you know of your humanity are in some sense of active rebellion right like yeah. all you did today was hang right, out with people right. and watch watch yeah. the sun which is something that all of our old ancestors would have done on the day on the daily yeah. like no matter what yeah. and now it's like this triumph you know you're like wow yeah. i pulled it off um well, it's, it's funny that wild. you bring up ancestors because that was a big part of the day was also talking about our ancestors and actually yesterday um i went to see a show uh, from this comedian Ben Wasserman, shout out to Ben Wasserman, um, <laughs> and he, he he basically made this beautiful show that was really funny, but also like very deeply sad. It was about loss, and mm-hmm. um, and he you know he sort of started from the loss of his father, and then after he lost his father, six close friends and family members died not shortly after that. So this show was like um, this like charade of all these different metaphors and kind of clowning bits to process grief and there was a lot of like feeling of calling on our ancestors and presencing people that are no longer with us and um you know i think like if we can get in touch with that i mean I, i think i sent you this text last week too to that point i was at a cafe listening to these two 20 somethings in park slope talk about how you know new york just isn't what it used to be and if there's any time to not live in new york it's now and so you know she was thinking about using her grandmother's holocaust survivorship status to uh jump ship out of the u.s and take some time in poland or wherever her grandma left and I was thinking about her grandma and you know what she went through and what she would think about her granddaughter just being like oh I just don't want to be in New York right now it's not the same (laughs) yeah but I also relate to that as a Jewish woman who has holocaust survivor ancestors and you know isn't pleased with my work from home situation clock (laughs) it guys clock it 12 I feel that 12 minutes and we 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 lasted 12 minutes without the holocaust we we did it (laughs) I know I can't, I can't I can't not presence ancestors watching the sun. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, but you it's, it's like everybody's problems table. are relative. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean I understand that 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 feeling of being of like rolling your eyes at people complaining about living in New York in 2022, but also everybody's problems are everybody's problems, meaning Yeah. Yeah, like okay, yes. If you maybe if you survived the Holocaust yourself and then you're like, ugh, you know, can't believe dollar slices are now a dollar twenty-five, that might sound ridiculous. But you know, if but Can otherwise it's like I know <laughs> I know, right? Ellie Mizell is like, ugh. Right. <laughs> like I, I had to wait like 15... <laughs> <laughs> to wait fifteen minutes for the L train today. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's fun we should live in that that should be a metaverse like museum it's like holocaust survivors just talking about contemporary problems <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i'm also as much as, as much as people are afraid or people like to shit i feel like everybody loves to shit on mark zuckerberg because he's an easy target but yeah. i honestly don't feel like i i think that people Okay, I guess I was going to say people forget that any type piece of technology is just a tool. But then again, the problem is they're ultimately the problem with the technologies. And the reason that we feel so underneath their thumb instead of, mm. you know, liberated by them is that we don't control them. We as in the, the people, ultimately, yeah. we have to, you know, we we basically just have to be a participant in whatever hellscape, you know, Facebook creates or Google creates or whoever, you know, is, is pulling the the strings and of course they're only ever pulling the strings for profit that's the thing people think it's all this nefarious you know uh they're, they're they're weaving this big nefarious like plot and it's like no all they're trying to do is make more money that's all it ends up being all every company you can point to they're not necessarily trying to like turn everybody into a one type of person a globalist or an anti-vaxxer or any pick pick anything they just all they care about and all the algorithms care about and all connecting the, systems, the world, man. <laughs> yeah, right. Is making the world a better place. Is making more money because and they're and the, and for, Yeah, basically, yeah. Selling ads is really all it is, which is so gross. But um, people, you know, if we had the if we were able to take the profit motive or at least that particular business model out of the scope, and if we were able to have a little bit more of the like small d democratic ownership and control of these platforms, mm -hmm. then we would, we wouldn't have as much reason to hate them or fear them. And then yeah. you might be able to go, and then you might be able to say, yeah, like the metaverse sounds cool. I can create whatever world I want. You know, like you just said, we should make that a thing in the metaverse. Like there's no reason that we can't. It's, um, you know, just like every other technology, eventually it, it seems to open up doors for average people, right? Like the printing press. Now anybody can make a book, the internet, anybody can make a blog. You can, you can get news in a second. You know, the yeah. same thing is going to happen hopefully with, um, with blockchains and, and crypto where it's more and more people feel comfortable with it and, and have uh, use cases, you know, where the, so anyway, the, the bottom line being that like metaverse and VR, they don't have to be a bad thing. It's just that we're basically cramming ourselves further down this rabbit hole, this just like stuffing ourselves further into this, you know, this prison that is that has been created by these very small number of, of extremely rich interests that only care about more money. Yeah, I am. Um, I, I, I want to I have a couple of questions for you about sort of what you think um, we've used. Sure appropriately or a relationship to certain tools that we have in our lives that we've actually mm -hmm. had a healthy relationship. But before we go into that, when I think about Mark Zuckerberg and his um, sort of the inception of creating Facebook, and this is a plug to the CNN Land of the Giants show that I worked on coming out in February, which sort of is a deep dive into all of these technology companies. Wow. Um, Careful, you you've only got one more plug left. You're two plugs down. <laughs> I know, look at this. Um, I think about how he was this like, kind of, uh, it, well, he did have a sense of charisma from the research that I've done and what I know, but he created, you know, that like hot or not tool to basically mm -hmm. rate women because he wasn't mm -hmm. getting dates. And it comes from this place of like, this man that basically is not getting what he wants. And so in order to control the narrative, 
he then makes this stock rare because he is skilled in this arena. And then it leads to this social network that ultimately becomes like one of the greatest threats to our democracy, all because I guess Rebecca didn't want to go to homecoming with him, you know, like. <laughs> sure. I, again, I, I feel like people that? like. To, well, I, I think I think he's an easy target, like I said, but I think when it comes, yeah. I, I honestly don't think he's he. We have a we have a tendency, as I've noticed, uh, what I at least I think we have this tendency in society to always try to blame the individuals and, yeah, that's true. and, and use it yeah. as a way to obfuscate, obfuscate, obfuscate the mm-hmm. systems that are in place that allow this shit to happen. So for example, shout you know, out to Bernie Madoff. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. So that's a yeah. great example because you yeah. basically go, oh, everybody knows Bernie Madoff's name, but they, but exactly. what they don't realize is that that kind of shit can happen so easily because of the financial systems that are in place and this whole like, um, you know, smoke and mirrors, that is the whole financial system. So we go, oh, Bernie Madoff did a bad thing. You know, mm-hmm. he gets he gets um, a slap on the wrist. He goes to jail. His life is, I guess, ruined, even though he was a multi multi-millionaire until he was like 70 or something. So, you know, but the point is, we blame the individual in this case. And then and then he's the scapegoat. And then people get to go, oh, OK, everything's fine because he's in jail. But it's like, obviously, that's not even close to the case. And we do a similar thing with mental health, for example, it's always mm-hmm. like on the individual, you know, oh, you gotta, you gotta meditate, you gotta exercise, you gotta eat better. And don't, don't get me wrong, those things are all very important. But also it's like, you know, hey, you know, just take it easy, take a mental health day, you know, take yeah. a little respite in this hurricane of insanity that you're expected to live through and not, not <laughs> go crazy. And it's oh like the God. entire system, the entire system is insane. And we, we call people that can't handle it mentally ill. And so it's, it's, it's always the individual that gets the blame. Mark Zuckerberg gets the blame because, okay, yes, the narrative is that, you know, maybe, and, and I don't know the, the validity of this because, of course, there's, like, yeah. some degree, there's just some degree of, like, Hollywoodization, right? That, but, totally. but, like, yeah, he created this site that was basically hot or not 2.0 because he was angry that somebody broke up with him. All right. Well, even if that didn't happen, he still could have created Facebook just out of nowhere, right? He could have just theoretically come up with it. He could have made it without that backstory and it still wouldn't change the fact that the entire system with all three billion people mm-hmm. or whatever that are on it is all about creating ad ad revenue basically and, and collecting people's data like the you see what i'm saying like it doesn't matter that you're yeah, a frustrated so young man which you yeah. could say you, you no, could I'm... say that almost <laughs> virtually virtually every single breakthrough in human history you could you might be able to make the argument from an anthropological perspective that but like every single breakthrough is because of some man being sexually frustrated so that yeah. i feel like you could put that to the side it's more well, that at the end of the day whether it was a, like because think about it if it was a woman if it was like oprah winfrey who created facebook it wouldn't change did. the fact that it's all about surveillance capitalism and it's all about ad revenue i hear you i hear you passionate passionate argument beautiful argument i i <laughs> I totally am glad that you brought that up because it's actually very easy to lose sight of that, that mm-hmm. we have this tendency to want to just make it about the person and kind of give right. it like the Jesus quality. Like we know who it is, you know, and we can turn to that. We have something right. to label and point to, um, so, but I, right. I hear you. And also I think like the sort of sensationalist feminist inside of me wants to be like, and he also, you know, couldn't get laid and this is what happened. This is another reason why men, are evil but we won't go down that road because i don't really believe that you know 
<laughs> yeah, and I also think it's a totally it's a it's a wholly separate conversation. It's a if you to yeah. Have, if you want to have yeah, the I, like feminist men are evil conversation, we could do that too. I just don't think it's really fruitful. No, and it I, I don't think it's fruitful. I yeah. um, and I think your your point to say like it we're sort of allowing these systems in place to perpetuate their wrongdoing and their inefficiencies and their corruption. I think that's what we should look at, mm -hmm. and it's, it's very easy to lose sight of that. Well, I will. I will also just say that what you just said a minute ago is almost a. It's a very nice encapsulation of of what we were just mentioning, you know, prior, which is you basically. And again, we're not going to go down this road. I just want to touch on it before yeah. we wrap up. Is basically you said as like a feminist, I that men are evil and he's the one. You know, he's the problem. Mm -hmm. And I'm just saying that that's like an example of you basically taking, um, you know, an identification with a certain group as a way to make it about something like uh uh what's it called a culture war issue like men versus women black versus white whatever right. instead of uh, instead of addressing the greater question behind the bigger door you know what i mean which is like why did these systems get to exist in in the first place that we don't have any control over and that ultimately are just about you know stalking us and taking our money and and forcing us to into further and further polarized camps because that's what they do you know they only care about sens sensationalization and um and controversy and so that's part of why everything's so polarized these days right is like there's no every i feel like every single thing is so much more polarized than it's ever been and that's partially i think due to social media i don't think anybody can make that um you know can, can argue that so all i'm saying is it's it's one of those obfuscations that i was mentioning before where it becomes about like identity or culture or politics or that type of politics identity politics if you will instead of the, it's a Jesus complex. Instead of the fact that one person owns, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars while fucking hundreds of millions of people have nothing, you know? Yeah, I hear that. You also said something about this hurricane of insanity, and I thought maybe that would be a good title for this episode. So I just wrote it down for you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, this is, I mean, this is something that you, I think, you know, I've, I've been kind of on for a while or talking about for a while which is that like yeah we're not we're how are we supposed to like if you're not depressed are you even paying attention you know hmm. i don't i don't love that you know well, you the know, higher it's, part it's, of myself um it's meant to be a joke like, it's not i know yeah I, but you're right it, it's like are you even alive if you're not you know feeling completely enraged and helpless at every moment <laughs> i mean tr truly though and i feel and, yeah, and that's too much because of the world that we've created and also not only because of the world that we created, but because of the new tools that push everything in front of our face all the time. You know, I mean, it's kind of a, it's kind of a super basic point, but it's almost like, yeah, we didn't like a lot of these things that are happening, like natural disasters and murders and genocides and all this kind of like war and crazy, you know, famine, this shit was unfortunately happening for all of human history, but we didn't have to know about every single one of them exactly. until it's 2006. It. Right. I, or, I want to bring up something that I think um, you'd appreciate. Um, I was talking to friends yesterday about this idea that like, similarly to that, you know, we're, we're so oversaturated with information. We know too much. It's all too much. And I think there's mystery being right. taken out of our everyday experience. Like we're not in a state Absolutely. of wonder. There's not a sense of like, 
you know, giving us time and space to reflect and wonder and use our imagination about, you know, the mystery of life and, the, you know, sort of what it means to be here. Instead, we're just like watching TikTok videos about like why this deaf man chose to have a partner that had hearing, which is a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just so, you know, I saw that and I'm like, what is life anymore? Why, why is this on my... I mean, not to a knock against anyone with impairments, hearing impairments. So it's just like covering her bases. I'm just unclear about like the way that information is passed along to me all the time. Um, there's just it's so okay. Much going it's on okay. Even if you dis, even if you, even if you dis the deaf, they couldn't hear it on this podcast. So it's all good. They won't be coming after you. Um, Damn. Damn, <laughs> no, I mean. It's I I always I hate when people rush that was like through. an early two thousands kind of joke. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I had to throw yeah, that in. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Um, I, I I hate when people like rush to Google something. You know, I, mm -hmm. I feel like I also and I I did write about this about ten years ago, but it was kind of contrived at the time anyway. But it's like, are we just the fact that we all just accept Google as the truth now is kind of also disturbing to me. You know, when oh, yeah. again there is the profit motive behind that. And there's so much that goes into um, who gets ranked first on Google. Yeah, and it's just crazy. And even on the first page, all of it. And so like the fact that people can just go, oh, I, I forget. I think it was Bill Burr that was like, uh, you know, people just go to www.imright.com <laughs> and they pull up whatever they want to see. Yeah. And, it's you so know, funny. and that's the end of the argument. And meanwhile, yeah. you can always find is be almost because of Google um, and because of the internet now, you can always find something that will disprove anybody else's something. Yeah, yeah. You know, I no, mentioned that about... Little... Sorry, go ahead. No, I said, I, I just, I mentioned that when I, we were talking about stats last week, you know, mm -hmm. in particular, but... <laughs> stats, oh God. I know. Um, there's, a, there's not a lot of room for, yeah, for sort of being in a space of uncertainty or even being bored. Like sitting and being bored. Can can you like sit oh, absolutely the not. comfort of that? Like, when was the last time you really yeah. felt bored? I mean, is that something you experienced? Um, I, I don't know. It's I don't think very not not recently, not very often. But I am very fortunate in many ways. Um, I have like a, a handful of I have a job that takes up a lot of time. I have hobbies mm -hmm. that you know I that I pursue with with ferocity, I was told. Um, so I'm, you know, every pretty much every day of the week, I would say I have something more or less something to do. But I do, I do see myself also, though, in my free time, mm -hmm. occasionally having having these true, like, it's, it's tough, it's tough to identify whether it's an inability or just an unwillingness, because it's not necessary, but to like, have dead air, you know, um, yeah. where, like, yeah. I will, you know, I'll be I'll be watching a YouTube video on my phone. And then immediately when I'm ready to go to bed, I'll switch to the podcast and I'll listen to the podcast while I brush my teeth and, and shower. And then, you know, it's like it's just a continuous stream. You could theoretically do that all day, every day if you wanted to. I mean, I know people that definitely do. So it's it's, it's weird because it's almost like it's and, and on the one hand, on the one hand, it's it's. On the one hand, it's easy to do and it feels harmless. But at the mm -hmm. uh, and at the other on the other side of it, sometimes again, I catch myself. I'm like, mm, maybe I should just not do anything. But yeah, like I, 
as you were talking, you know, you said like, it's this dead air. And I'm thinking like the flip side of that is, it's like, it's full like presence, you know? Right. Yes. <laughs> and like, well, you're right. we and also, can't be yeah. with our like interior life. Like it's just way too uncomfortable. You know, I think that's something personally right. and, I'm and I think coming in touch with. Um, wait yeah sorry so you (laughs) (laughs) i mean they're 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 about to they're right there you know anyway um i was thinking (laughs) i heard something about shower thoughts you know how shower thoughts are like a thing people go and i and i was like reading somewhere that they're like maybe it's because the the shower is one place that you don't usually have your fucking phone yeah yeah totally although i've I've found a way around that. Um, but always yeah, <laughs> I think, I think it's part of the, um, so it's like one, it's like the five minutes a day that you get to just think to yourself. But uh, I think it's definitely one of the reasons why it's so for me, at least important to have things like tennis and dance. And like, I don't even, we don't need to go into the specifics of me, but I'm just saying, because those are, those are things that you don't have your phone on you as an example, and you are forced to be really present, you know? And I think there's a huge lack of, of that even opportunity for most people. I, I, I think there, there isn't a lack of opportunity, actually. I think there's a lot going on that they can engage with, but I think it's like, it's the, I don't want to say willingness that feels complicated, but it's like, I guess it's an awareness or it's like, they're so, Mm-hmm. They're so numbed out. Like we're so addicted to technology, which gets into my, you know, what I wanted to really get into or what I've been yeah. thinking about. It's like the I'm so just like literally muscle memory is like click the Instagram yeah. app, you know, doom scroll and just like my I can't even sit here for 15 minutes and like read a fucking book. Honestly, I can't read a book right now. Like I don't right. I can't tell you the last time that I read a book like cover to cover. And that right. brings up immense shame on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being so open and vulnerable. And if hopefully you, we can get you. If you relate sound off in the comments, sis. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> please use your book. phone to type a comment. Please comment on your device instead like of reading a book. It's so fun though to, to just like live in that of that culture which is i guess i I mean i think it's i like again it's It's a a tool what's that i said it's a balance yeah it's a tool like you can use it here's the thing i would we would have this conversation anyway i just feel like why not have it on record so if somebody asked me what my opinion is about surveillance capitalism i can point them to a link you know um, I mean, I kind of joked a couple of years ago, I'm never having another political conversation that isn't recorded. And I guess I'm kind of trying to live that way now because it's just too, it's just too exhausting. And sometimes you come up with some really brilliant stuff and it just gets lost, you know, it's lost on that one conversation. And also, um, I don't want to have to keep, you know, repeating myself and, and not just me, but I just think in general, it's, it's worth, you know, working it all out in live on, uh, live online. So that's what we're doing, but, um, live online. yeah, here we are. I, 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 was, um, I was thinking, go ahead. I just want to give, you know, another shout out. Oh, wow. Understand. You're out of plugs. You're out of plugs for the episode. I'm really, I'm really unhinged, but, um, you know, if people <laughs> really want to take a deeper dive into surveillance capitalism, I do want to direct them to uh, Shoshana Zuboff. 
uh, who's leading the charge in that uh, realm. She's really a brilliant woman. And honestly, it's more her essence. Her essence mm. is is what gets me. It's really not her intellect and, you know, research about surveillance capitalism. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, it's her sort of vibe. But that's, that's for me. Mm-hmm. You know? Sure. Well, thank you for yeah. using all three of your plugs. This is like, who wants to be a millionaire? <laughs> you, you've now, you know, check them all resources. off. resources. It's a resource yeah. moment. No, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that, like, the point that you made a minute ago is very good, which is... Oh, thank you so actually, much. <laughs> well, it's that, it's that there actually are probably more opportunities than people realize to be present, but that they're so used to not being present. And that's actually kind mm-hmm. of the... That's kind of the yeah. premise. It's like the ethos behind my kind of uh, coaching angle. Yeah, exactly. About like high stakes. And of course, I borrow high stakes from our our discussions with, with Leslie, is, uh, obviously. And Another I told her great about teacher that, but just, out there. Uh, yeah. A great teacher. That's my first plug. First plug of the episode, Leslie. Mm-hmm. Um, point of possibility. But basically, yes. point of possibility. Yes, absolutely. And, and I mean, I've noticed in my own life that of course traveling and having to go through very difficult times and even and sports and even like you know dating just all, things where the stakes are higher than you know your average moment you suddenly have access to all these faculties that you didn't even mm-hmm. know that you had sometimes you are forced into this other gear you know you're you're that challenge it, it brings something out of people and i think that especially in this world where everything is so easy like as far as fulfilling our yeah. basic needs it's so easy to fulfill your basic needs in this culture and in this society that it becomes extremely rare for us to actually have to tap into all that but it's so valuable and it like it truly it keeps you alive in a way that it keeps you young in a way that people don't recognize and um i think that that has atrophied so heavily in so many people because they are not, dem- nothing is demanded of them or so little is demanded of them and they demand so little of themselves. And it's a tra- it's like, a tra- it's a tragedy, basically. It's a travesty at the very least. Um, the way that I think a lot of people a- allow that to happen, you know, and, and then of course don't even realize it. And then it just becomes the norm for years and yeah. years. And, and... I, I, yeah, I think that um, yeah. I, I'm weary, I'm weary of you saying like they're allowing that to happen. Like I, I feel defensive of, of, humanity in that way or at least I want to believe that maybe we're just we need something to sort of wake us up maybe that's ourselves maybe that's you know J-Lo right like I don't know but um, I think I I think unfortunately well I think it's either going to have to be something really bad like Mm -hmm. uh like a pandemic you know asteroid no I I don't think the pandemic was even enough I think like something truly truly like species level or like you know it has to be truly because honestly if or or if covid was like way worse like if it killed 60 percent of people that got it maybe Mm. i don't know Mm -hmm. the point is it has to either be something really bad in my view like an alien invasion type thing or an asteroid or you know i don't know massive natural disasters all the same something like that but that would cause such chaos or it has to be done on the individual level where you do have to kind of take, you have to be able to take a second and look at your life and look at yourself and find ways to push yourself and find ways to challenge yourself. And it, and it doesn't even have to be in pursuit of any capitalist end, you know, and it doesn't have to right. be about like making more money or about like grinding on your hustling for your business and blah, blah, blah. 
that's a bunch of nauseating bullshit that we've, you know, get crammed in front of our face all the time. But I mean, again, I think that, I think that's part of why I really like dance just to touch on that again is because mm-hmm. there's not, there's not really any great outcome in mind except for becoming better dancer. And by becoming a better dancer, you're not only, you know, having an easier time of tapping into your own uh, flow state, so to speak, that presence that we're talking yeah. about, but you also, you also welcome other people into that, you know, because you're dancing with people. And so it's, all I'm saying is I think it's a good example. I'm not saying everybody needs to go out and become a dancer, but I'm just saying it's a good example of something that is a pursuit that has um, the ability to challenge you, bring out that, that presence. And then also, um, you know, but isn't, isn't like for a specific end. Yeah. It's like creating for the sake of creating, which I, you know, I wonder if you have this experience like being a writer and, you know, Mm -hmm. someone that makes art, but I, I certainly Mm -hmm. feel like, for me to just sit and, you know, write is somewhat excruciating. And like, even mm. though it is my joy to make people laugh and like bring people together, uh, I guess it just becomes like this pressure for it to be something to like prove my worth. Worth right. versus like it's I, from a place of like right. joy in my child's spirit. Okay, that was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> No, I know. No, I, I, I agree. And I think it's yeah. made worse by it's made worse by the, the technology that we're talking about in this episode, the mm-hmm. social media stuff, because on the one hand, you can put so much work like there is no I guess it's one of those um, illusions of meritocracy that has so much that has so disappeared even more that, it, you know, since social media came about. And it's it's been a lie all along. I mean, the, in many ways, I think it's obvious to anybody that's paying attention that it's not always mm-hmm. the hardest working people that are the most successful, but it's like one of those almost religious myths that's been told to working people for hundreds of and thousands of years, right. To keep them busy and to keep them working hard while the, the Lord or the Duke or the banker or whoever just like sits on their money. Right. So the, the bottom line being, especially in the age of social media, where you can work so hard on something for so long, and truly put effort and effort and energy and you know collaboration everything into it and then you put it out there and if the algorithm doesn't like it immediately yeah. it goes nowhere Absolutely. and then and then and then to add insult to injury whoa vicky <laughs> and fucking bad baby or whatever you know have hundreds of Love millions of followers <laughs> and it's it's like a complete it's it just you know it makes you want to give up on everything because yeah. you're like oh i literally i literally sh- have to find a way to like be horrible and disgusting and not try because that's going to actually make Mm. it make me more popular you know and and actually um bring the thing that i spent so much time working on to more people somehow it's it's disgusting it's like it it makes it that much more uh, difficult yeah you become like shaped by the algorithm or what like working within the confines of the algorithm or the platform and um and and also it's this thing of like everyone now is is their own expert or their own show so it's like even people that maybe shouldn't be and we shouldn't hear everyone's opinions about everything all the time which you know this is like okay Bo Burnham's show he he said that really brilliantly Mm. so I don't need to hit that that point but um this is what it makes me think of and um I, uh, I forgot what well, I was going to say. I, 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 I honestly just... don't think it's, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with people being able to put their opinions out. I think the problem is what gets picked up is always the shittiest thing. Mm. Well, or yeah. What's like what most controversial? Viral. 
Well, right. It's the viral. most controversial. And in some ways you need to go viral at least like once to get to ahead class. of steam. Right. right. Like to be able to build, you need to build off of it. Otherwise you're just literally shouting into the void, which is so mm. horribly depressing <laughs> that, you yeah. know, it, it, it actually disincentivizes uh, participation in a lot of ways. So I can understand again, like why people, well, on some level, I can understand why some people just don't even try uh, because it's so overwhelming, you know, and well, it feels yeah, like there. Awesome. And it feels like it, what? Well, it also feels like there isn't any, like there's hardly any um, way around using social media for that stuff. Yeah, yeah, right, totally. Like you feel like you're either you have to play within the system or you want to reject it altogether, which is kind of where I'm at right now. I don't really know right. how to engage in a way that feels healthy or meaningful um right and so i'm so i'm, I'm so figuring that out. out for myself well not, i think i'm actually more checked into my own real life which feels mm -hmm. good but then i feel yeah. irrelevant to you know all of my mm -hmm. quote-unquote followers um right i know it's so <laughs> it's so crazy yeah it, it actually so I've been I've kind of been going the other way recently. I, I feel like I early on eschewed social media. I don't know if you remember, but I was off yeah, Facebook you did for flip. like you three. Yeah, for for like three or four years of, of three, I think three years of college and then a couple of years afterwards, while, you know, in our young 20s or whatever, I was off of social media altogether. I was like purposefully late to Instagram. I was purposely late to Twitter. I haven't used TikTok yet. Uh, it was always kind of this feeling of I always felt like I have some degree of shame for better or for mm -hmm. worse. And so I wouldn't want to participate in the way that I would have to participate in order to like yeah. become, you know, I don't want to have to make some YouTube thumbnail where I'm like holding my hand over my face agape while I like point to some butt or something just like it has <laughs> nothing to do with that. You know, like, I don't know. I just all that kind of shit. And so mm -hmm. I'm kind of going the other way now where it's like, fuck it. Well, I want to be a cult leader anyway, and we're all the, yeah. all of us with our little followers. We all, all do though. And shit. I might yeah. as well just triple down. I might as well we just triple do. down and and be like, yeah. I mean, this is probably the greatest tool for creating a cult following ever created. And look at how many other people that are far less worthy of a cult have a cult. So let's get let's get it popping, basically. But not um, everyone should be a cult leader. Like I think you should be a cult leader, and I've always thank said you. that. You know, thank so. You. Well, that's, that's yeah. why I'm on the pod, really, you know, to, to sort of like elevate your followers. Um. Well, I very much appreciate that. And that's kind of what I was alluding to also, though, yeah. is that, yeah, like some people are built, maybe built for it. Some people should. Maybe some people have. Everybody has to tell to their own opinion, but some people's opinions might be better than others. I don't know. The point being that, yeah, like everybody should be able to put their opinion out there. But let's try to um, highlight well, some constructive ones. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that everyone, I think everyone's in, you know, everyone has the right to, you know, have an opinion, but should they share it? Well, okay, think, so this is actually- I don't actually, know, this, I think this, there this, needs to be some restraint around how we're communicating. And, and I think if, I, it's, if it's coming from a place of ego and, you know, I love going into this, like, mm -hmm. I don't know, like, is it serving the greater good? Okay, but- so this is actually one of the most important pieces that I wanted us to touch on during this conversation. I'm glad we, we arrived here. I don't think that there should be any um, censorship, basically, uh, of, of social media, of people's 
speech on social media mm-hmm. and it, we it's not up to any any central body to determine who does and doesn't get to speak i mean for example they kicked trump off of twitter now i as you know and as i mentioned even last week um trump is by no means the center of my political ideology not even yeah. close but but he's just a big, he's a high profile example of somebody that got kicked off Twitter. They've been kicking a lot more people off Twitter recently. And that's just one example. They also, you know, shadow ban people on Instagram and kick people off of YouTube and whatever. I just don't think that that is con- constructive at all for two reasons. One, ultimately, these are platforms that are more or less necessary, as we said, to participate in society. And they are a great tool for getting your ideas out there. Now, let people determine whether or not they want to see your ideas, um, but they shouldn't be you know, shut down from the start. And then two, and then two, when you do shut people out, you immediately make them more popular. So it almost always has a counter and counterproductive effect because you shut somebody, you, you censor something even before the internet, the books that were censored, that were kept out of schools, those were always the most popular books um, because they, you know, suddenly there's a reason to read it. Suddenly there's a real reason right. to investigate the ideas that are behind it. So it's always counterproductive. And then if you look at even more recently, Things like QAnon and, and, you know, pick a conspiracy theory. Whenever somebody gets kicked off of a social media platform, their profile almost always raises in the real world or in the world outside of that particular platform, because then people want to hear that, that shit more. You know, they're like, well, there's must be a reason that these big tech giants and the government are trying to keep that message out of the, you know, out of the public eye. Yeah, well, Ryan, I'm not talking about censorship in terms of the government. I think I'm actually just talking about people having their own radar of self-censorship. Oh, well, that's a... <laughs> which yeah, is, maybe, which that's, is like a, maybe a deeper question or maybe a broader question, but um, I completely I, I, agree I with you. you. You don't think there should be any censorship? <clears throat> no, I think it can be dangerous. I mean, Mouse, the, or Mouse, M-A-U-S, this... Um, this Uh Pulitzer Prize winning book that actually is a graphic novel that kind of shares a a whole, I'm bringing the Holocaust back because it's just part of my (laughs) duty as a Jew. 35 minutes Um, later, yep. (laughs) But um, this book was actually just banned in I believe Alabama, in the Alabama school system. And I I think that's Mm -hmm. absolutely horrifying that we are censoring this material and we're having these conversations around like fucking um, Joe Rogan, you know, and his spreading of misinformation on Spotify. I mean, which I think is like, I don't think Joe Rogan should be censored and taken off of, you know, Spotify. Right. But I do right. think there needs to be attention around how um, this this book that talks about the true history and experience of someone's um, survivorship and, and experience in the Holocaust is now banned from school system. We're erasing history and how we're teaching things that right. makes me uncomfortable. And it was in Tennessee, not Alabama. Yeah. I mean, on some level, I feel like we should allow Tennessee or Alabama or Mississippi or something to continue banning things, but just so that we know what's really good, you know, like what we should really be checking out. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's completely counterproductive and dangerous. And in some ways it almost like, uh, belies the the inaccuracy and the kind of uh, curated nature of the existing school system and the, you know what we what we call history right it's already mm-hmm. been very deliberate what they put in front mm-hmm. of us and what they don't I mean thinking about you know the experience of um, 
internment camps and and Native American genocide and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. It gets very much swept under the rug. And we, you know, at least in American school system, they tell us about how much we're the heroes of the world and all that kind of shit. So it's it's already very um, yeah. dangerous and to to have that narrow perspective and. As far as like individuals self-monitoring what they put out there, that, that is a great idea. It's just such a much more difficult ask because you're asking yeah. people to become conscious and, and self-aware. And I feel like if anything, self-awareness is one of the it's it's one of the biggest pieces that's missing from almost everybody's personality as of far as course. I can tell. That's yeah. that's like what I feel like I'm in some ways like my quest in life is to um, be this sort of person to like turn on other people's light. Um, mm-hmm. And I had this experience like when I was when I was doing um, shrooms. Shout out to Woo! shrooms. Oh, Shout, that's that. a plug. <laughs> free free plug. Free plug. <laughs> Plugging the medicine of psilocybin. Um, I really did yeah. feel like oh my god this is um, either this is my mission or this is the mission of being alive, like finding the light within yourself and then activating the lights within other people, like the light in me sees the light in you. Um, yeah. I, and, I, and I think like that's the real missing piece of, of what's going on within our culture today. We're all, we're either just completely the lights are off or the lights yep. are not, you know, unplugged and we need to find a way to like plug into our own, our own source. Um, and I, yeah. and I think it's everything's so loud and we, it's like, we need to get really quiet. So my hope so is true. that we can get there. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's a great point. Um, yeah. and, and you were already, I mean, you're already very self-aware, so it's not like mushrooms necessarily probably, you know, it's not like it did suddenly made you self-aware, but it's just that it, it does help to, I, I think it helps to quiet that noise that you're talking about and it helps yeah. you to you know, sit with yourself in a sense, but in a way that's not quite as intimidating somehow. um, Yeah, I think, and thank, I just want to say, I think I also, I don't know, like, yeah, I do feel like I'm I'm self-aware to a certain degree, but I I think I've always been like a seeker and I do feel like certain people have this like inclination Mm -hmm. to, they're like seekers and other people are just not tuned into that frequency and there's no judgment on that. And that almost is like a better Mm -hmm. existence from my vantage point but right i right. Like, i guess i guess we could all i hear know, that maybe use some seeking right now or yeah. or we could no, just I, be I, completely I in the metaverse <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't know the yeah. answer there is no answer <laughs> there is no answer to life i mean that's not gonna you know there isn't it's that's not going to come around anytime soon, but I think as far as <laughs> our conversation is, it, and as it relates to the technology and, and yeah. social media. Um, it's a balance. It's a balance. Like yeah, you said, also, like it's using but, the tool effectively. So it's like, yes. we can engage with it and we can also have a healthy relationship with ourselves and being with, without the technology and know like, Oh, I use this to, you know, promote myself and others, or I use this to have entertainment or I use this to, right. You know, I don't fucking know. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a matter. So two, two things real, one is real quick, which is, I think a lot of it comes down to choice, active choice Mm -hmm. versus compulsion. 
And that's something that people have to be very aware of. Again, that's a self-awareness that's like wishing that people would have self-awareness for their own sake. But yeah, uh, I, I often find myself going like it's one thing to say, I want to go on Instagram and look at memes for 10 minutes. It's another thing to the second that you feel stressed out, open Instagram and use it like a cigarette. Right. Um, right. And, I think we're talking and, about intention now. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Intention is big. And then also, um, I think. I, and I want to kind of try to steer it towards some kind of pro productive, um, I guess, conclusion in a way, but it's like, I think people don't recognize. And like you said, some people are, are, they need somebody else to help show them that whatever the particular, like shine the light on something. And I mm -hmm. think one thing that, again, because of the milieu that we've been raised in, especially in this country, people don't realize that things don't have to necessarily be the way that they are. Uh, and yes, uh, what I mean, yes. Very specifically about that is I touched on it last week with regard to like workers rights and unions and stuff, but also there's nothing that says that we couldn't take over, um, you know, Facebook as an example and change the algorithm so that we're not forced. It, it, it doesn't have to be a for profit business is what I'm saying. And like Google that. doesn't Google doesn't have to belong to Google it, at this point. It's, it's one of those yeah. things that's like. At this point, Amazon, right? Amazon is this massive conglomerate that employs like a million people at least. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's Prime Video and it's AWS, Amazon Web Services, and it's Amazon the delivery it's service. The cloud, it's the like, cloud and they're taking over the cloud. So what I'm, what I'm saying is it's this behemoth and mm -hmm. we used to have antitrust. And the thing is like, I don't want it to be antitrust in the sense that we break Amazon up into like five companies that are still all going to do the same shit. Like, if all those things we just talked about were five different companies, it wouldn't make a fucking difference. They would basically have the same mission, which is profit, right? What we could do is say, hey, guess what, Jeff Bezos? Congratulations. You won capitalism. Here's a check yeah, every, exactly. every year for, yeah, you did it. We're really happy for you. Honestly, great job. You know, GG. Um, we're going to write you a check for like, I don't know, a million dollars a year, a billion dollars a year. Yeah. What do I give a fuck? Now it belongs to the people. You did it. You made a beautiful thing. If you want to call it that, you made an amazing thing. Same thing for Google, right? You could, you could yeah. take that and to it, like almost any large in, uh, enterprise company, uh, you know, something that's like so important that you can't basically live without it at this point and say, you know, it's you enough. did it. We're proud of you. You made enough money. You made more money than any human on the face of the earth has ever made. Yeah. And guess what? Now we're going to use it for good. We're going to use it for us. We're going to actually do things that instead of benefiting the one person who sits on the board of Amazon or whatever, the five people that are, you know, already billionaires and those stockholders and all that shit, um, you know, 90% of stocks being owned by the top 10% of people in the, in the country in terms of income. Um, instead of that, we're going to find ways to use this great tool that you created, you know, make some tweaks and actually have it be, again, small D democratic, something that we control, something that can actually benefit people. And if you take the profit motive out of some of these things, not only are they going to become um, more affordable, right, but also they're going to become more malleable because right now they're so strict. They're so ossified in this like profit at all costs, you know, setting. Mm -hmm. But they yeah, have, I again, they're just tools. I love all of that. And I think, I mean, you're, you speak yeah. in, in a way that we can really. So that's part of what I want to help people understand, fight for and recognize. Yeah. And I, 
And I think what that, like on a broader sense, what that speaks to is like having a sense of possibility and faith in, you know, mm -hmm. our capabilities as, you know, cooperative right. and collaborative beings. And I hope that we can, right. you know, feel empowered to create spaces that, and I think you're seeing that in some ways. So there actually is a lot of hope and possibility in this moment too. I mean, we're seeing the sort of pendulum swing in the other direction where like, I mean, and you can talk about this with someone else, like the blockchain, the cryptocurrency, the NFT culture of like community. And, and I think that's where the energy is in that. It's about like saying, no, it, 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 it's not what it is. Like we can create new ways yes. of being. Um, exactly exactly you know my mom my mom growing up would always be like it is what it is like this is the way it is and it's such a um it's such a place of scarcity and and, yes. and limit you know and, and i just mm -hmm. it really like it makes you it puts you in the box and it puts you in this this rat race of like well there there is no other way out of this and i just have to i just have to you know have to live under the constraints of Mm -hmm. whatever this capitalist society that we live in but i do think we are in a moment where people are waking up to that and i hope that um i don't know i just hope they can enjoy shifting the paradigm <laughs> just enjoy it <laughs> i just i just want my kids to enjoy it <laughs> yeah yeah uh, no, i think it's it's uh <laughs> i i do have i do have some i still do have hope and and the possibilities and I think that's part of the reason that I am very interested in, like you said, blockchain and all that is because it's, I think you need to, if we don't influence it early, like and by mm -hmm. we, I mean people who actually give a shit about things other than personal enrichment. Um, mm -hmm. If we, if we don't influence it early and show the fact that there are applications for this tool outside of just reinforcing existing power structures, then it will just get used to reinforce existing power structures. And so you know, just yeah. like the internet did in the beginning, the internet, but the, and the thing is the, in the beginning, the internet uh, was kind of like cast aside by progressives and, and liberals and we uh, not liberals, but you know, um, progressives, let's say. Um, and again, we don't need to label ourselves or anybody. I'm just saying that it was cast aside because people said like, Oh, screw that. Like, it's just going to be, you know, more of the same it's dangerous. And it's kind of becomes right. self-fulfilling prophecy. And the metaverse could be the same way and blockchain could be the same way. And whatever the next technology that comes along could be the same way, unless we actually wake up and say, okay, no, we need to like plant our flag early on and show what's possible. And that this is just a tool. It doesn't need to continue. You know, it's not, again, it's like blaming the individual, like we talked about before. It's not the individual as much as it is the system. It's not the tool as much as it is the system. And of course, mm -hmm. those systems are not entirely immutable. They are things that can be changed. They can be manipulated. And they only actually, in fact, only will be manipulated and moved in a, a direction that's more beneficial to all of like, humanity if we insist that they do. Yeah. And I think uh, two things, love the word immutable. So I just want to shout out to that word. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, big, big blockchain, and that, big word in the blockchain world. The answer really here is that the only thing that we know is true is that things change. Um, I feel like I go in and out of like being so granular with you in these conversations. And then I just want to like, be like in a space of full Broad. presence. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I swim in, in the up and down of that. That's um, fine. Yeah, it is. It's um, 
It's like maybe a survival tactic at this point. Um, but yeah, I, I hear you. I think um, I think we can hold on to the fact that there is there is change coming because that is inevitable, and with that, mm-hmm. there's possibility. And yeah, I'll just I'll just add one more note to this to yeah. kind of help, I guess, re- reinforce what what we're coming to, which is that almost all of these technologies, almost every big technology. And I mean, you can draw direct correlations and there's like, it's a fact that many of the biggest technologies that we take for granted now, whether it's medicine related, um, whether it's, you know, computing related, transportation, all this kind of stuff. A lot of it was funded one way or the other by public funds. So it was like Mm -hmm. public research, you know, public universities. I mean, look at the vaccine, right? All the money that went into making the vaccine came from, us the taxpayers and then mm-hmm. it gets turned around and sold for profit by pharmaceutical companies the internet was created by darpa which is a military organization and then it gets turned around and that internet technology gets used for private you know for profit um enterprises like google and and facebook and and all those so the point being like when it comes to the question of these these monoliths and we go like well why couldn't my my question i want people to start asking is like well why shouldn't we own it but the thing is, we basically already do own it. We made it. Mm. We are the ones that put the money up, you know, because the, the private sector doesn't like to take risks like that. Because a lot of, to create something really transformational, usually you're going to have to have a lot of time and money and research and effort to go into it. It's not necessarily going to be profitable right away or ever. You know, not every single thing that we come up with is going to be profitable. And so mm-hmm. it's only it's only the public sector that can actually take those risks oftentimes. And um, so it's like, why shouldn't we own it? We already do own it. We paid for it. We, the people, should also have, you know, control over it, basically. Should have at least a say. At the very least, a seat at the table. Like, you know, 50-50 board situation or whatever. Like, the point is, again, these things are not set in stone, which is a synonym for immutable. And we can change them. And um, so I think I want people to just start to think in those ways, you know. And um, that's that's part of the idea. The mission. And I do, I feel like that's, that's really important. What are, I guess, you know, for an everyday Joe like me, what, (laughs) what would be some ways that people could like make that actionable in their lives? Well, I think the place And I've asked you this before, we've like gone deep into this, um, Mm -hmm. of like ways to sort of be more empowered in your own political life, even if you don't feel like you are. Well, I guess now everyone is politically engaged. You sort of have to be. You have to be, you know, you're, you're paying attention, like you're, it's political. In some ways, yeah. I mean, I think everything is political ultimately. Um, so, but I don't think a lot of people are actually engaged. I think they're just kind of like playing, they're either playing along or they're just like drowning, you know, drowning it out. But because mm-hmm. it's all in our face now um, all the time. But I, I still don't think a lot of people are actually involved. So all, all I would say is that for one, as I mentioned last time, like the most impactful way is to get involved at work like unionization um, is the number one way that most people can actually get get some type of um you know control over their own lives and also i think it's very important as much as possible my my personal goal anyway and it's it's difficult but you got to chip away is just to be as self-reliant as possible in the sense that not in the sense that you don't you know necessarily rely on anybody or like you're a loner or anything like that but i'm just saying Everything about our culture and our, and our society is about like, you know, kind of taking away your personal 
experience, uh, you, mm. which is kind of what you touched on before, to your mm-hmm. personal freedom in a sense of um, and making you, depe- making you dependent on something else that you have to pay for. And, you know, yeah. you can think of 10,000 examples of this, but, you know, nobody because because everybody's so specialized or, or at work or they're so stressed or they have no time or whatever, or they just want the convenience. But it's like you don't have to know how to do your own, make your own clothes, do your own laundry, cook your own food. Um, you know, you don't have to even know how to like think about dating apps. You don't even need, need to know how to meet people in person. You don't need to know how to do right so many person. things that are so important. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so (laughs) as much as possible, I try to learn how to do basic things on my own, like change a tire, cook an egg. I mean, just super simple stuff, but at least it, it helps to give you some sense of autonomy, um, and, and self-sufficiency that you can then carry into the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And then eventually, ideally, you know, you don't have to rely on these systems, which are only care to exploit you most of the time um you know for your for your survival so i think those are the two big things is you know unionizing organizing and and taking control at work as much as possible with your with your coworkers and then and with your like community so to speak and then also becoming as self-reliant as you can so that you aren't beholden to whatever it happens to be yeah and it's kind of like taking control like it's really just like developing a sense of self like a hobby outside of technology right. like in, in right. that sort of simplest way well a, a, another big dichotomy i would draw is, is we talked about choice versus compulsion is um oh, shit oh creation versus consumption mm, you know if mm-hmm. you it, it, and it doesn't have to be creation in that you you know make something like that goes on social media all i'm saying is when you when you go on Instagram, you're consuming, right? I mean, at the very least post something for God's sake, when you, when you buy, when you pay somebody else to cook you an egg, you're consuming, when you cook your own egg, you're creating. I mean, it's just an, it, you know, it's a very, it's a minor detail, but it, it spills over into every aspect of life. If you, if you decide, you know, and again, like we all, we all do this to some degree, but if you decide to just like binge watch a show all weekend you're all you're doing is, is consuming ultimately. Whereas if you decide to make a fucking five minute short film or you decide to even go out dancing or you decide to, you know, go see your friends in some sense, you're creating more than you're consuming in, in, in that moment. Yeah. So, well, I think too, uh, I agree with that. I also think if you take it a step further towards like what we spoke about with intention, maybe you're in, you know, intending to consume something for the outcome of then creating, right? So there can be like these ways of being in that realm of consumption, but there's an intention behind yeah. that that has like a broader implication of- Absolutely. Service, um, which, or balance, you know, it's, it's like all going mm-hmm. back to balance. Yeah, oh. exactly. Cause you're all, so cause also I... we're, we're never gonna get away from it entirely. It's if you try to, you yeah. know, you, you try to never consume, you're going to go insane. Like, and you always just feel shame and guilt, which you don't need when nobody needs any more of shame and guilt. So especially not any of the Jews or Catholics on this call. So, uh, you know, hey. it's, you know, you just gotta, uh, like you said, have intention and try to live, live on the right side of these dichotomies. You need to know what you're shooting for. Yeah. You also need to dance. I do want to plug dancing just as, I plug dance, yeah, for sure. For your well-being. Plug dance. 
Absolutely. And Social you, you, and physical and mental oh, yeah. and creative and everything. Yeah. And, and also you think about, again, talk about our ancestors. As far as I can tell, they all danced a lot. Oh, they so, were dancers. They were moving through you know, us now. Hundreds of thousands of years ago and hundred years ago, <laughs> all the same. There was probably a lot more dancing going on than the average 2022 human being. Yeah. We got to get moving, you know? Um, <laughs> I, uh, I just, I'll leave you with, with a dance memory. Um, I don't, do you remember I used to go to that place, Five Rhythms? Oh yeah, we went. Yeah, so, right, yeah, we went. So Five Rhythms is, um, you know, it's, it's a particular dance community ecstatic. and technique. Yeah, it's sort, kind of like an ecstatic dance, but it's a, it's its own technique formed by this um, teacher Gabrielle Roth and it's been around I think for like 30 years and it started in New York it's all over the world and um, you know I remember being in a in a class and it's all about sort of these these five rhythms that we're, we're balancing out and we're moving through um, and you know in order to go from one rhythm to another to flow from one state to another there are these like moments of transition but if we're hesitating or we're overthinking um, it can be hard to, to move into these different states. And I guess why I'm bringing this up is because I'm thinking about like, sometimes we need to go full out and we need to go full out in our consumption and our doom scrolling only to then return to another flow state of seeing that like, you know, oh, we need to find the balance in um, our relationship to technology and our own physical life. So I just think I'm reminded of this, like Gabri of this, this teacher being like, you got to just like go deep into the, you know, the staccato or the, mm -hmm. you know, whatever flow is going on and, and go full out and then retract and go into something else. And I like that as like a, as a comparison for our relationship to technology, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I like it. I appreciate the message. And I think it's, it, it kind of, it does speak to that whole high stakes thing in a sense, like go, go all in you know yeah on whatever you're go doing on. just be like embrace it like i said like sometimes you're gonna choose to just go on instagram just fucking do it and then just go yeah. all in on it and then don't feel I bad about that. it and then just do something else god damn it <laughs> it's full presence we just want you to live full out that's what i'm here to tell everyone right <laughs> and if you can't get fully present if you can't get yourself to live full out and to go all in and to just you know take it uh to the to the end zone and whatever you're doing then you know I what get me off this rock <laughs> hey yep wow i love that i yeah. love that well thank Just... you very much for coming on the podcast always good to talk to you regardless of whether it's being recorded for the entire world to hear or not as you are one of my regardless. great friends yeah and yeah. Uh, just an overall great person and I'm glad you exist and I'm glad that you're shining your light on um, as many people as as you can and I hope to help you help support you on that mission however possible so thank you again. Ryan of course of course yeah you're and so welcome thank you so much uh, I hope I hope people are moved to live full out whatever that means to them after listening to this or not I hope they're moved to tears or at least <laughs> something like that yeah. And now we'll talk about our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, cool. Well, thank you again. And we will talk soon. Um,
thanks for coming on get me off this rock talk to you later bye uh <laughs>